Welcome to the Carter Report and thanks for joining us. Our program today is the second part of the great prophecies about the Bible Antichrist. Now Jesus here in Matthew 24 told us that we ought to study and understand this great prophecy about the Antichrist because the Bible prophecy says that in the last days the Antichrist is going to deceive the whole wide world. Welcome to Antichrist in Action. Voices. Voices. Voices from civilizations long silent are crying out. What is the meaning of these strange symbols of divine prophecies? John Carter explains these mysteries as he takes the living word to audiences around the world. Join John Carter in this international ministry as he presents amazing truths from the astounding world of the prophets in The Carter Report. Now, let's keep going, shall we? Now, notice verse... Oh, let's come to verse 8. No, no, look at verse, verse 7. The last part says, It was different from all the former beasts. It had what? Ten horns. This fellow is... Is an, is an awful looking fellow. He's got ten horns growing out of his, out of his head. Now the Bible tells us what the horns were. Uh, verse 23 and 24, I think. Verse, and please notice it, in your own Bible, verse 23 and 24, please. Daniel 7, 23, 24. The Bible says, He gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is the fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. That's Rome. It'll be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth. It's a great world power. It'll trample, it'll devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns, now say this loud, the ten horns are, out loud, are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. Therefore, the ten kings, or the ten horns, represent ten kings that arise on the ruins of the Roman Empire. That's a fact. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. So, we've got down now to the Roman beast, the fourth beast, and now we've got to the ten horns that are ten kingdoms. And you're with me, aren't you? You can see this. This is history. Now come now to verse, verse, let me see, verse 8. Daniel 7 and verse 8. Everybody watch. Now we start on the Antichrist. Verse 8. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn. What sort of horn is he? Here he starts off as a real little one, little one, which came up where? Among them, therefore the Antichrist rises in Europe. Is that right? Is that right? Yes. The Bible says the Antichrist comes up among the ten kingdoms of Europe. Now the kingdoms of Europe, ladies and gentlemen, were established 
around these dates some of these dates overlap a little as you know history doesn't happen just from date to date but the kingdoms of Europe were established by the year 476 AD so here is a king who comes up in Europe and he comes up after the kingdoms of Europe and he comes up among the kings of Europe so therefore we're looking tonight for a European king who starts as a little king okay keep reading a little one verse 8 which came up among them so he's a European king and three of the first horns were uprooted before it so this king uproots three European kings and then it says this horn had eyes like the eyes of who it's interesting the Bible emphasizes this kingdom with a man it says that this kingdom is really tied up with a man a man is over this kingdom like all kingdoms there's a king over this kingdom and the Bible says he rises on the ruins of the Roman Empire and he comes up among the kingdoms and so I'm going to the blackboard now and what we're going to do just as relaxed as we can be we're going to put up the identification marks of the Antichrist and I'm going to get you folk to work with me and if you can't see a point then you can just put up your hand and I'm just going to go a little slower and I'm going to carry you with me every inch of the way point number one the Bible says that this king comes up among the kingdoms of Europe and therefore we are looking for E-U-R-O a Euro European king is that plain? that's what the Bible says so point number one Antichrist is not a king in Russia he's not a king in China he's not a king in Africa he's not a president in America the Antichrist of Bible prophecy is a king who rises on the ruins of the Roman Empire and he's a European king notice verse 24 now the next point verse 24 I know these things are new to you so I'm going a little slower than I normally would Daniel 7 24 notice it please look the ten horns are what ten kings who will come from this kingdom what does it say now after them another king will arise when does he come up no 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 when does he arise before the kings of Europe or after after now history tells me this is not what John Carter says it doesn't matter too much what he thinks it matters a great deal what the Bible says the Bible history tells me that the kingdoms of Europe the Anglo-Saxons the Franks and the Burgundians and all the rest of them the Alamanni and all of the kingdoms of Europe were established by the year 476 Antichrist comes up as a world power after the kingdoms of Europe and he comes up therefore after 476 AD in other words if you want to see the Antichrist as a world power you won't see him back in the days of Jesus you won't see him back in the days of the Apostles a person came to me once and said you know the Antichrist is Antiochus Epiphanes I said when does he come up or when did he live Oh, they said a couple of hundred years before Jesus well folk you know that's just nonsense the Antichrist comes up after the kingdoms of Europe and therefore if you want to find him you've got to find him as a king in Europe as a world power after 476 come back to verse 8 and here's the next point verse 8 
While I was thinking about the horns, these kings there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them, therefore he's European. Then it says, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. Antichrist overthrows three European kings. So I come to the blackboard, and we're going to put up, if I get a stick of chalk, point number three. The Bible says he overthrows or uproots. Overthrows. How many kings? Three European kings. Now, people say to me, do you get a little tense when you have to give a meeting like this? I want to tell you, folk, before we had this meeting tonight, we got in my, my room that has been given to me here. We got down and we prayed that the Holy Spirit would come into the meeting. And we prayed that the Holy Spirit would soften everybody's heart. And, and you know, God is answering our prayer. You know something? The Holy Spirit is in this meeting tonight. And you know why you're here tonight? You know why you're coming night after night? I know you feel tired because I get a little tired too. But do you know why you're coming here? It's not as that man from the newspaper said, because we have the opiate of the people, that awful stuff that is called religion. You folk are coming tonight for the same reason that I'm coming tonight, because the Holy Spirit is drawing us. That's the reason. The Holy Spirit wants you here tonight. That's true, folk. And even if you hear something tonight that you've never heard before that's going to make you mad, Jesus loves you so much he's brought you here to give you the truth on this subject. That's why you're here tonight, folk. That's why you're here. That is why the people in this great theater say, we've never seen crowds like this come night after night. They say they can get them out for some big meeting one time, once off, but we've been going now, this is our ninth night. And I guess we've had by now, I think the best part of 50,000 people in nine nights. That's because God has been drawing them. That's the reason. So the Bible says he overthrows three kings. You know, I throw a few things in as we go along, as you notice. Now, verse 24, here's the next point. Verse 24, Daniel 7. Just get your eyes on the text, please. Verse 24 says, the ten horns are ten kings. Okay, we know that. Who'll come from this kingdom? They're the kings of Europe. Okay, we know that. After them, another king comes. So that's after four, seven, six. Now it says, there's a reason, there's another word here. Another king comes. And what is this king like? The Bible says, what's the word? Different. Say it loud. He, what sort of king is he? He's a different king. So I'm going to put this up too. Sometimes people come to me after the meeting and they say, you made all that up. I'm not making any of it up. And if after the meeting you get mad with me, it's because you're getting mad with the Bible. Because the Bible says it. Don't get mad with me because I didn't write it, folks. God says that this king, this king who comes up in Europe, he is, say it loud, he's a different king. And you know why he's different? Well, I told you a little while ago, he sits in the temple of God. This king is not merely a political king. 
But the Bible says he functions in the realm of worship. He's a different king. Now, I've had the greatest audiences in the world come to meetings like this, and they say to me after the meeting, why didn't we see it? All I can say is maybe God didn't want you to see it. God maybe just wanted you to go along for a little while, but now you see it, let, let God lead you. And if your eyes have been closed to the truth, just say, and if, if there's somebody sitting here tonight and you're like the old Quaker lady saying, uh, I don't churn on the outside, but boy, I churn on the inside. If there's somebody here sitting tonight and you're churning and you're saying, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want to believe this, I don't want to see these points go up on the blackboard, you know what you're doing? You're resisting the Holy Spirit. You're resisting the Holy Spirit because I want to tell you, this is not the voice of a man. This, what we're reading here in the Bible, is the voice of God through the prophets. It's the voice of God to our souls. And I want to say, we ought to say, Lord Jesus, please take away my stony heart. Please take away my spiritual blindness. You know, Paul was, was a great church person. Paul was a high churchman. And Paul was working for the devil. Paul was so mad that he went up to Damascus to kill all the Christians for the glory of God. Think of it, killing people for the glory of God. And as he went along the road, Jesus pulled him up and said, Paul, you can't go any further. He said, you know, it's hard to kick against the pricks, hard to fight against your conscience. And when Paul went in and met that Christian man, Ananias, the Bible says the things that looked like scales fell off his eyes. You know, a lot of people walking around with scales over their eyes, and we need to let the Holy Spirit take them off. And we need to have humility. One of the main reasons that the churches do not understand many of these prophecies is because of old-fashioned pride. We say, I believed it all my life, I believed in so-and-so, and I don't want to believe anything else, and I don't want to hear it, the Bible says that's resisting the Holy Ghost. Don't resist him tonight. So he's a different king because he plays around with religion. Now notice the next point, point five, verse 20. Boy, you wait till we get tomorrow night. I want to tell you if I had to walk 20 miles on glass, I'd come. Verse 20. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on his head, about the other horn that came up, before which three of them fell, the horn that looked more, what does it say? Imposing. He looks more imposing than anybody else, more imposing than the others, and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. This is a king who makes great pronouncements. And the Bible says, let me see if I can fit this in because I've, I've got a lot to get up on the other board. And so this is getting a little, little untidy, but my blackboard work is about as untidy as you can get. The Bible says, can you see that there? He is more, what does it say? He is more imposing. What does that mean? Well, it means that he puts on uh, quite a show. He is more imposing, and people hold him in awe. 
because he operates in the realm of religion, and that's where people like to be imposing. Now, if you come to uh, verse 25, it tells you the duration of the king. Please notice it in the Bible. and Ask God to open our eyes, verse 25. It says, he will speak against the Most High, that's the Lord, and oppress his saints. I'll talk about that in a minute. He will persecute. Oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. That's tomorrow night. And tomorrow night we pull the mask right off, off the Antichrist. The saints will be handed over to him, say it out loud, for time, come on, times, come on, half a time. Folk, you're not going to lose anything by reading the words of the Bible. Some people say if we don't read it, then we're not going to get caught. Nobody's trying to catch anybody here tonight. We are here that the Word of God will speak to us. The Bible says he rules for a time, times, and half a time. The footnote of the NIV says that the time, times, and half a time stand for a year, two years, and half a year. If you notice the bottom of the page. The Bible says, let me write it up for you. Antichrist rules the world for a time, times, what does it say? Half a time. Now, I'm going to prove this to you from the book of Revelation. But a time in the Bible stands for one year. Times stands for two years. Half a time stands for half a year, exactly as the uh, translators of the NIV have said in the footnote of the Bible. Time, times, half a time, three and a half years. Now, I've got to prove that to you because I want you to see it clearly. Come over now. Keep your finger there if you can. And come over to Revelation chapter uh, 12 and verse 14, and then verse 6. You know, I just love these prophecies. I really do. And I love Jesus too. Revelation 12, and verse 6. Now, here it talks about the woman, the true church, who was persecuted by the Antichrist. In Revelation chapter 12, you have the prophetic picture of the woman, which represents the true church of Jesus, being persecuted by the dragon, the Antichrist. And it says she's persecuted for a time, times, and half a time. Now, please notice these words. Revelation 12 and verse 6. You got that? The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for how long? 1,260 days. Okay? 1,260 days. Store that away in your minds. Come down to verse 14. And in my Bible, I've got to turn over the page to page 306, which is 916 in the little copy of the NIV. But it's page uh, 306 in this copy. Verse 14 says, The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for how long? Time, times, half a time. Verse 6 says, the woman was persecuted, fled into the desert, into the wilderness, and was there for 1,260 days. Is that plain? You've got to give this to you, folk. You've got to get it plainly. 
because our conclusions are going to be pretty strong. The Bible says that the Antichrist rules for 1,260 days, and I'll tell you how that's worked out. In a prophetic calendar, not a biblical calendar, but in a prophetic calendar, there are 12 months, and each month has 30 days. There are 360 days in a prophetic calendar. If you multiply 360 by three and a half, you can do this at home, but I know it's so, it comes to 1260 days. That is the three and a half years when the year is 360 days. That's exactly the same as 42 months in Revelation 13, where it says Antichrist will rule for 42 months or 1260 days. Now, can you see that? Now, we come to something very significant. I want to tell the Anglicans sitting here tonight, this is what every Anglican preacher taught. If you don't like what I'm going to preach, tell you shortly. It's not because I've got something new, it's because you've lost something old and taken up something new that isn't biblical. It is what, what I'm going to tell you now, is what all the Baptists taught. It is what John Wesley taught, the founder of the Methodist Church. I'm going to give you historic Christianity. All the great churches until the last 50, 60, 70, 100 years accepted what is called by scholars the year-day principle. That means that in Bible prophecy, a day symbolizes a full year. Now, I've had people say to me, but, you know, that's not taught in our church today. Well, I can't help that. If you go, on, if you go home tonight and get out an old-fashioned Anglican Bible, one that goes back 100 years or 150 years, and if you look up Revelation 12, where it says 1260 days, you'll find the commentator will say 1260 years. So what I'm giving you is historic Christianity, not taught today, I know. And there are reasons it is not taught today, and I'll tell you that as we get along. Now listen, dear hearts. What I'll do is give you a text that illustrates the Yiday principle because we don't have time to pursue it. But come to a text which is an illustration. Ezekiel 4 and verse 6. Please turn now to Ezekiel chapter 4 and verse 6. It's page 935 in this copy of the NIV and 621 in the small copy of the NIV. Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 6, an illustration of the Yiday principle once accepted by every Anglican, every Baptist, every Methodist, every Presbyterian, every Lutheran. Ezekiel 4 and verse 6. Have you got it? Page 935, isn't it? Okay, here's the example of the Yiday principle. After you finish this, lie down again, he says to the prophet, this time on your right side. Bear the sin of the house of Judah. I have assigned you 40 days. Now say it out loud. A day for what? A year. A day for 
each year. Now look at this. The Bible says that the Antichrist will rule for a time, times, half a time. That represents three and a half years. That represents 1260 days. Okay, point number six. Antichrist rules the world with a rod of iron, the Bible says, for 1,260 prophetic days that represent 1,260 years. Okay? In a moment, I will give you the starting dates and I will give you the closing dates. You won't have any doubt about it. Come back to the prophecy, back to Daniel 7. Back to Daniel 7. Daniel 7, 25. And notice it in the Bible. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. If we accept this truth tonight, we're going to be the freest we've ever been. Daniel 7, 25. Back to the page, uh, 1003. Verse 25, he will speak against the Most High, oppress his saints, try to change the set times and the law, and then it says, the saints will be handed over to him for what? A time, times, half a time. So here is not a king, folk. It's not talking about a person. It is talking about a great religious system that rules the world for more than a thousand years. Now, many people have the idea that one religion is as good as any other religion. That isn't true because only the religion that comes from God can lead to God. And that is why the Bible warns against the great religious system of apostasy which has deceived the whole wide world. What does God want you and me to do about all of these things? God wants us to accept Jesus and to study the Bible and to follow the truth and to obey His Word and keep His commandments.